0: Ketu had a lesson. we discussed, and We had a brayta that said that if a woman with a, a nedarim went a rabbi he was matir the then she is mekudeshet. But we had another brayta that said she is not mekudeshet. So we said it's Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Meir who says a person doesn't care if his wife goes to betin and gets disgraced, and therefore uh, the, the marriage would stand if she was matir the nedar. And Rabbi Lazar said the person would not want his wife to be disgraced in uh, in betin. And therefore, the marriage is not a marriage. We asked, where did they argue about this? And we brought in Mishnah al gitin a person who divorced his wife because of vows or because she had a bad name. He can never remarry her. Uh, rabbi Uda said, it's uh, only if it's a vow that everyone knew about. We said that was 10 people. Rabbi Meir said, any vow that you need a rabbi to dig into, then you can't uh, remarry. And Rabbi Lazar said, it doesn't make a difference to which type of vow, always not allowed. And with that, we're starting... Ain he'amud aleph, four lines in the last word on the line which says Rabbi Meir Omer. Now we're on the fifth line. Rabbi Meir Omer, call neder shetzarich hakirat hacham lo yachazir. Any vow that you need a rabbi to dig into, you cannot uh, remarry her if you divorced her for that. Rabbi Lazar Omer, lo asut tzarich elam penei she'not tzarich. They only prohibited remarrying the wife who made a vow that you need a rabbi to dig into, the only reason they said that one is Asur, because you might come to remarry a wife that made a vow that something that even the husband can't know, something simple. And the Gemara asks, "Be B'mayka mi lagay, what's a machloket? at Meir and Rabimiyir A'za, Rabimiyir Sabah, Adamot's ishid shtov betin Rabbi Meir held that a person wouldn't mind if his wife comes to betin has to discuss everything she vowed, and he gets embarrassed in front of the rabbis. Since a person doesn't care for her being disgraced like that, therefore, if it's a situation where you need a rabbi and a person could technically say, oh, I didn't divorce her for that reason, and all of a sudden they'll be uh, bad-mouthing the get, therefore, you know how to come back together. Rabbi Lazar said, A person usually doesn't want his wife to get embarrassed in front of Betin, and therefore even though a rabbi would allow this yeah but still a husband wouldn't want to bring his wife to Betin, and that's why the divorce is a divorce but still the only reason we are osirit is because you might come to say the same thing by one of those vows that you don't need a rabbi for now let's go back to the last amud we saw a brayta that said a woman went to the rabbi and he was denedish, she's mikodeshit another brayta said she's not mikodeshit and a rabbi explained one is Rabbi Meir, one is Rabbi Azar. So here, rabba Amar here is giving a different explanation. When we said she's not Meikodesh, that's when a woman who comes from a Hashuv uh, family. And if there's Nedarim on her, the Amar, I don't want to be a sur to her relatives. Meaning, it's a hashul family. If the wedding counts, if the kiddushin counts, then now I have to divorce her. I have to give or get. Now I'm a sur to all her relatives, and I don't want to be a sur to relatives because it's a good family. I want to marry. If not her, I'll marry her sister, her cousin, someone. But uh, the minute uh, I, this marriage counts, then uh, it's going to be a problem for me. So therefore, and it. So the Quran says, if we're talking about someone from a Hashu family, well, Sefa de Kataneh, we learn in the Sefa, Aval Husha Alach etzel Hacham A person had vows on him, and she said, Listen, at the time of marriage, I'm only saying yes on condition that you don't have any vows on you. And he went to the Hacham, he was Matir de Neder, or he had no wounds, and he went to doctor, Sel doctor, a doctor, and he healed him, Mekudeshet. Now, Likni, we should also say over there, she's not Mekudosh, and maybe we're talking about here a person from a Hashuv family, that she doesn't want to be a sort of his relatives, meaning if this marriage counts, now I don't like him, and then we're going to have to get divorced, now I can't marry his brother, I can't marry his uncle, I can't marry his relatives. So why don't we just say the same thing with him? So like my answer is no, it's different because with a man, he behold the she would take anything. She was. She's okay with anyone. Kedresh lakish lakish. Said lakish. Tav It's better for her to sit with two people, with a husband, rather than sit by herself like an almana. Abaya Amar de shumshana gavra. Even if the person is small, like uh, an aunt, kurse She's his wife. sits with uh, with, with the officers uh, with chairs. Meaning she sits with the important ladies. So it's good for her to be married. it Doesn't make a difference what type of husband even if the husband works by combing wool which is considered something lowly she was waiting on the threshold of the house just waiting for him to come in front of everyone because she's not embarrassed because she's married kidra. If she has a husband, even with 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 problems, even if there's a pasul in the family, whatever it is, still, she's not asking anything from him, even lentils for her pot, meaning she just wants to be married. And we have a blatant, all this, They're all mezanot with other men, and she says that the child is their husband, but all of them are really mamzerim meaning as desperate as they are to be married they're not so uh, loyal to that husband that they're uh, married to okay we learned in the Mishnah whatever is pasul for a Kohen meaning if a Kohen had this he can't work in the bit of and a wife also that's considered a mum a wound and it's not a marriage if he said that uh, i'm marrying you on condition that you don't have any wounds and she has that uh, whatever Kohen has that would make him pasul she's also not considered married they added by a woman, if she's always sweating, if she has a wart, if she has bad breath. But the Gemara asks, you're telling me, sweat and bad breath is not possible. We learned in the Mishnah, these are the, the Mumin, the wounds that uh, are possible in the animal from being a korban. And if the animals too old, disgusting, or Mumin elu these mumin these wounds by an animal ben ben ovrim, whether they're permanent whether they're just temporary and whatever the case may be pesulin ba'adam, they're also posel and adam meaning if a kohen has any of these wounds that are posel an animal from a korban he can't work in the bet ha and it mentioned over there mezuham someone who's disgusting and that's the same thing with someone who's sweating and bad breath. So you already mentioned in the Mishnah over there, why is it called adding? Why Tana Hosifu? They never added. It. it. was part of the Mishnah. So Amar B'yosibar la and Kan over it. our Mishnah that says that whatever is posel only by a woman, not by Kohanim, we're talking about sweat that passes away. Meaning all you have to do is just wash yourself and you're not sweaty anymore, cool off and you're good. That is posel by a woman, not by Kohanim if it's a uh, sweat that, can, if that constantly comes and the person can't stop it that's pasul for the beta but if you were able to get it off with water then that's not a big deal for the it's only a big deal by a woman what are you comparing sweat and, um, and someone disgusting When it comes to sweat, you can make that sweat go away, that bad smell on someone's body, go away by putting uh, wine vinegar on him, some sort of deodorant, and you're good to go. And the same thing with bad breath, you could put a pepper in your mouth and then you smell good. And then go do your avodah. When, when all this is happening with a woman, she can't do this. If she is constantly sweating and she constantly has bad breath, I can't live with her. And that's why it's posel by a woman, not by kohanim. Now the Gemas said, this word, what are we talking about? If it has hair on it, whether it's a kohen or a woman, it's posel. If it doesn't have hair, well, it depends. Ishu ma if it's a big wart, ha'cha ve'ha'cha pasla. The Cohen woman always posel. Ishu maketana if it's a small wart, ha'cha ve'ha'cha lo pasla. In both cases, it's not going to be posel. The tanya, shumash yeh shibas sar, a wart with hair, hare zemum. It's considered a mum. It's posel kohenim. And ba se'ar, if it doesn't have hair, gedola harezom mum. If it's big, then it's a mum. Ketan if it's small, and zemum. It's not considered a wound. Vezohi gedola, it's considered big. Pirash Rabban Shimon, but Gamliel he explained atke isai taki. If it's the size of an Italian isar, it's a coin. And Amar Bi'osib, Rav Hanina be'omedit al pedahta. We're talking about if it's on her forehead. The says, What are you talking about? If it's on her forehead, well, he saw it, he accepted it, what's the problem? Why should now it be posel the marriage? So, Amara vapa Be'omedit la Now, it's right under the hat that she puts on her head, meaning, Sometimes you could see it, sometimes you can't see it, it depends how that kippah moves around her head. So if he is, maybe he didn't see it in the beginning. Now he does see it, and hey, what's this? And that's why it's possible the marriage. And I heard something from someone, someone gadol, someone important. Omanu, and who is this person? It would be sheila if a dog bit her and the place where the dog bit her became a scar that's, uh, that's a wound that a husband would be makpid on. She, if she, it happened before when she was a kid then she has to tell him if a woman has a very thick voice it's considered a wound because the pasuk says her voice has to be nice and then her, her looks have to be nice the place between a woman's chest is a tefah. Now, the son of Rav, He thought, he was in front of Rav Sheh, and he thought to say that, that if there's a tefah in between her chest, uh, between her breast, that's considered good. So Amad Rav, Sheh, Rav Sheh explained, no he mentioned the tefah when it comes to wounds meaning if the the chest is too spread apart that's considered a wound okay so what's considered good it's if it's three it's that's uh, that that's considered uh, good that's considered nice rabbi, <repeat> <repeat> Natan said any woman who her chest is much bigger than her friends, <repeat> it's considered a wound. That it's too big, it's it's something that doesn't look good. <repeat> so what's considered normal? <repeat> if it's the size of a tefah <'repeat> that's okay. So the Gemara asks, ki hai Is there such thing as a woman who has a chest so big? So the Gemara says, Yes, there is such thing where it's so big that it's a wound. The Amara Babar Hana Ani Ra Arabia, hot an Arab woman, her chest was so big. She was able to pick up her chest and throw it backwards and was able to nurse her son who was on her back. Now there's a pasuk in Tehilim it says Amer Ish ulad ba- al-ion. Now what's this Ish uh, Ish 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 that was born in Jerusalem? What's going on here? So the like Gemara explains Baar Ben Levi. Once we mentioned him before, we're mentioning him again. Echad no but whether you're born in Yerushalayim, it's a Ish is a person born in Yerushalayim, the second Ve'ish is going on someone who's waiting to see Yerushalayim, who's yearning to see Yerushalayim, he's considered also on the same level. And Amar Abaye, Vehad Minayu Adif Kitre Minan. Abaye said, One hacham from Eretz Israel is like double of us. And Amara Ba, Minan, Kisalik Latan, one of us from Babylon, we go to Eretz Israel. Adif Kitrem, and I just know, were sharper than two rabbis from Eretz Yisrael. When Rebim, when he was over here, he didn't understand what the Chachamim were saying. But, when he went to Eretz Yisrael, He would call us Bablim Tibshim. Uh, we would call us Bablim, we are we're stupid. Meaning, you see that Rebim, yeah, at one point didn't understand anything. He goes to Israel, he brought that bavli sharpness to Israel and he became so smart, became smarter than the, the Israeli rabbis, that he's calling us already, bavliim tibshah, uh, stupid bavliim. And usually the, the rabbis in Israel wouldn't uh, say such a thing. Next, Mishnah, hayu bebet avia. if they found that she has wounds on her body, And she's still by her parents' house. We don't know if it happened before or after the Kiddushin. The father has to bring proof that these wounds happened after she got engaged. And the husband's field got ruined, meaning that's your mazal. She got hurt after she got engaged. It's your loss. She's already by her husband. The husband has to bring proof that these wounds happened before she got engaged to him. And his entire cell was mistaken. That's the very What are we talking about? That's Sheba That's only if it's under her clothing or things that you can't see. But if it's revealed, He can't say anything. Because you saw it and you accepted it. And if there's a bathhouse in that city, he can't say anything about those covered wounds. Why? Because he sends relatives to go check her out to see if there's any wounds on her body. Means you accepted their words once they checked her, and that's it. You can't now make a claim. And Tosaford explains the ma- the, the Mahloket between Rabi Meir and Hachamim is that according to Rabi Meir, when there's wounds that are under the clothing, let's say things that are supposed to be hitting, that if there's a bathhouse in that city, according to Rabbi Meir, he could still say it's a Meikahdaot, and according to Hachamim, he can't say that anymore because he sends his uh, relatives to check her out. Now let's start with the Gemara. We said that if there's wounds on her body while she's still by her father, the father has to bring the proof that it happened after Kiddushin. And Ta'amadimate Avrayah, so the reason is because the father brings the proof that it happened after Kiddushin. Ha'alomate Avrayah, if the father didn't bring proof that it happened after Kiddushin, then Haba'al Mehem, we believe the husband, He meaning he could say that this happened before Kiddushin and the entire wedding was no good. And therefore, I'm not paying her ketubah. You can't pull out my money from Safiq. So mani, who's that like? That's Rabbi Ushua. He, That's according to Rabbi Shua, The Amar, remember that in the first parake, when a person married a woman and they didn't find Betulim, she says, I, I was uh, Ne'enas after uh, Kiddushin. And he says, no, it was before. Lo Mipia Anu Rabbi Ushua said, the Amar, he said that we don't live based on her word, meaning we're not going to believe her, and therefore we're not going to pull money out of this man based on uh, her claim that she was Ne'enas after Kiddushin. The problem is, I look at the end of the Mishnah, it says, when she's by her husband, the husband has to bring proof that it happened before the Kiddushin. It's because the husband has to bring proof and that's why he doesn't have to pay. But if the husband didn't bring proof that it happened before the engagement, and the father's belief to say that it happened after the Kiddushin. And that's Atan the Rabban Gamliel. That goes according to Rabban Gamliel the that we that we said over there in the first period that Rabban Gamliel holds in a minute, meaning we believe her to say that uh, whatever happened, she was near Nas, It was a it happened after kiddushin. And there's a famous makhluk at Rishonim, Rish if you get a chance to look between the Ramban and Rashba, that it has to be that we're talking about where she's making a 100% claim and he and the husband is making a ta'ana of shemeh. He's not sure. He's saying maybe it happened after. And uh, it sounds like from Rashi, uh, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like uh, that even if both of them are making a claim of maybe... Still, we believe her. And the bottom line is, you see that the Resha goes according to Rabbi Yeshua, the Sefa goes according to Rabban Gamliel. So, Amar, Azar Tavra, y- you can't uh, say that this Mishnah is according to one Shitara. you have to say, it's two Tanaim in this Mishnah, and Mishishanazor, Zo. whoever said the as that's like Rabbi Yeshua, he didn't say the Sefa, because the Sefa goes according to Rabban Gamliel. And, Amar, Rabbi De azhar said, Don't say... That Rabbi doesn't go after the hazaka, meaning the obvious state what her body is in. Ela, kilo When does Rabbi not go by the uh, the state of what the, the the body is in, whatever is going on? That's hazaka that's when there's a claim of money against it. So she has a hazaka, I'm a betula, but he has a claim of money. So we're not going to go based on her word. But when there's no claim of money against it, meaning nobody's holding money against her, she's remember she's trying to pull out money. So if there's no situation where someone's trying to pull out money, then hazaka de gufa. Then Rabbi Yisroa goes after the hazaka of the gufa of what's going on. And Tosfor explains, it only doesn't work when it comes to money. But for other uh, Hazakot, it, it is strong. That's what that's the Hidush over here. And the Gemara brings the proof that Rabbi Yeshua goes by Hazakot. This is about the tum'ah of wounds. Tum'at negaim. If there was a mole and then there was white hair on it, then it's tameh. That's the same amount of tuma. tumah. But if there was white hair before the mole, it was already there, then it's tahor. Safek, If they were not sure, tame. Rabbi Yoshua keha. Rabbi Yoshua says, keha. Now, keha can mean two things. My keha, what does keha mean? So, Amaraba, keha means. It's dark, meaning we're not going to say it's white. We're going to say it's dark, and therefore it's not a Tamir. Some say what he meant was kiha means uh, he was upset at what the rabbi said. Either way, it's tahor. So you see Rabbi Yeshua does go by hazaka, just not when there's a claim of money against it. So now we saw Rabbi al Azar explained the difference between the Resha and the Sef of Mishnah is one goes according to Rabban Gamliel, one goes according to Yeshua, the beginning of Yeshua, and there'll be Rabban Gamliel. Rabban explains not the entire Mishnah is like Rabban Gamliel. And there's a different concept here. Resha Kanim se'u, v'chan Hayu. In the Resha, we're going to go by the, where she's by her father, we're going to say to the father, We found the wounds over here. Uh, meaning this is where they were created. This is where they were previously. You proved to us that it happened afterwards. Sefa, uh, I mean, same thing with the Sepha When she's by her husband, We've, you found it over here. That means they were created over here unless you prove otherwise. So, Abaye doesn't like that concept because, because in the end of the Mishnah it says if she came into the husband's house, the husband has to bring a, a proof that, that the, these wounds were there before she got engaged. And the entire, the, the, whatever he bought was, was no good, it was a mistake. And we're understanding that before the Kiddushin in, he can make that claim. Once she got engaged, he can't make a claim that it was it's already too late. Why can't he make that claim? Say that if we found it after engagement period, uh, that maybe uh, this is where we found them. This is where they were. Why are we not saying that? Why are we saying, bring your proof that it happened before or after engagement period? Amar this, Rabbi tells him, no, no. We're still going with that concept of kanim It was We found it here. This is where it was. But once she got engaged, it's not a proof anymore. We could say, No one drinks out of a cup unless he checks it out to see that it's not dirty. Meaning, your wife, you would not have got engaged to her unless maybe your relatives would have taken a look at her. And over here, over here, you checked it out, you agreed to it, and that's why it's not Mekah anymore if that's the case then you could even say that even uh, even before engagement you check her out you agree to it so why don't why are we not saying that what's the real reason you have to say that a person does does not forego wounds on a body and for sure he didn't see it well then over here also. When the father brings proof that it happened in his house, but after engagement, say the same thing. You could say, I don't care. The husband would not have agreed to this. A person would not have forgot the wounds. Rather, the Gemara explains, Ela, You have to say that once she got engaged, he can't say because... There's two hazakot. There's two hazakot. Hazaka number one is Hamed the We gotta say that the body is in, it's on its hazaka. She was a healthy girl. We're gonna say she was healthy, there's no wounds. But hazaka number two, hazaka and Adam Shote, because Elam can botko That he probably sent one of his relatives to check her out in the bathhouse, and you agree to this. and you saw this and you agreed to this. So Maya Mart, so now what are you gonna say? Mumin. You're gonna tell me that there's a hazaka. No one's going to forego wounds. Your claim is is one versus my two. And one hazaka versus two it doesn't even stand. However, but if he brings proof that happened before the engagement. Then Ahmed Then this whole hazakah that she was healthy, we don't say that anymore. You just lost it, and now becomes one versus one. So my ika, what what's gonna be for the father? The father could still say, listen, have yeah, that he checked her out. No one's gonna drink out of a cup unless he, check, unless he checks it out first. And he saw he agreed to this. Well, you could say, Hazaka in Adam he I have a chazakah back, that no one's going to forget wounds. So we're even. Whenever we're even, the mamon stays, the money stays wherever it is. The husband doesn't have to give her the money, and he could say, And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.